from high school were in a fantasy football league. And we were determining the punishment for the player that finished last in said league. And that was me. The punishment is, I gotta get my chest waxed. But since I've got a bad radio show, why not try to get people to listen by waxing said chest, my chest, on the radio show. That'll happen tomorrow at 5 o'clock. Yeah, I'm not looking forward to it. Not looking forward to it at all. Should be fun, though. The reason I called Sally is because I wanted somebody cool to wax my chest. It's just going to be all my stupid high school buddies, but I wanted it to be Sally. It all came about by me tweeting out that we're going to wax my chest tomorrow, 5 o'clock at the Carson City Saloon, and Charlie Batch liked the tweet. So I texted Charlie, and I said, man, you want to wax me? And he said, "Uh, bleep no, dude. Nope. Why would I want to do that? So I said, okay, Charlie Batch won't do it. Who's the next coolest person? That I could think of. Dave. It wasn't Dave. It was our girl. Sally Wagon. So I drunk dialed her. Actually, I drunk texted her. And I said, Sally, please wax me tomorrow. She says, what? So I called her. We talked it out. She won't do it. Now, after she's retired, weird stuff might go down. Weird stuff. But since she's My not wow. retired... She says, eh, it can't happen. She says the station probably wouldn't like her to be waxing a guy. I can kind of see her point. So that's tomorrow at 5. 412-922-2874. Tweet me at underscore Adam Crowley. I'm sorry I was off yesterday. Big sports day. Maybe the biggest of the year. Until the Steelers play the Patriots for the second time. James Harrison running amok. My mom had to have her gallbladder taken out, which apparently is not that major of a surgery. Now, don't tell her that. But Brian, my boss, was like, yeah, do you really have to You really have to miss? Pretty big day. Uh, pretty, pretty, pretty big day. So I kind of wonder, where's the line? Like, what body part can be removed that it's acceptable for me to miss the show? Because even my wife was like, why'd you take off? My dad said, why'd you take off? Y'all don't know my mom. So we'll put that up on a poll later on in the show. What's the body part that can be removed that you would say, okay, Crowley, it's okay. You can leave. We'll get that one out there. I saw some tweets suggesting that the Steelers are now going to self-destruct. These coming from that station across the street. Oh, the Steelers are just falling over themselves trying to justify the release of James Harrison. Okay, maybe they are a little bit. But this team's not going to self-destruct. If you think so, you haven't been paying attention all season long. Let me just say that slowly again for effect. The station across the street hasn't been paying attention. Did the Steelers fall apart after the anthem controversy? No, they beat the snot out of the Baltimore Ravens. Thumped them in Baltimore. That couldn't stop Pittsburgh. Did the Steelers flounder after Juju Smith-Schuster's bike was stolen? Okay, that one doesn't matter. But did they flounder after Martavis Bryant ripped Juju Smith-Schuster on Instagram? No. Did they flounder after Ben Roethlisberger threw five interceptions against the Jacksonville Jags and said, maybe I don't have it anymore. No. 
Did the Steelers flounder after Antonio Brown went down? No, they did enough to beat the New England Patriots, despite what the officials say. This team don't care what you think. This team don't care what the media says. This team's 12-3, and despite all this nonsense going on all season long. And I think Mike Tomlin deserves to be the head coach who gets honored at the end of the year as the coach of the year. That ain't going to happen because the Steelers had incredibly high expectations. But to navigate that storm of BS and have the Steelers 12-3, and man, that dude deserves a medal. But you're telling me now that this team's going to become fractured. You're telling me now that the Pittsburgh Steelers are going to falter. If you think that, you haven't been paying attention. This team will thrive because of this. They'll thrive. This team is great at the backs against the wall, us against the world mentality. They don't care what you think. And if they do, they're only going to use it to motivate them. Look back through the year. They stomped the Ravens. They've won nine of their last ten games. They've won 21 of their last 25. They're good. And these supposed distractions only seem like distractions to the people who aren't within the locker room. If you think the Steelers are going to self-destruct, if you think the Steelers are going to collapse, tell me why. 412-922-2874. If you really think that this Pittsburgh Steelers team can't handle this after everything else that they've handled, I want to know why you believe that. Because I don't get their justification across the street. Doesn't make any sense to me how you could possibly believe that this team would falter under pressure. They got the best record in the AFC. They got the second best record in the National Football League all the while through all these distractions. And you know what? It started even before the season. Art Rooney passed away. Or pardon me, Dan Rooney passed away. I'm killing off Rooney's here. Dan Rooney passed away, which is obviously something that's going to hang over the heads the entire season. Le'Veon Bell, not to compare a football thing to someone passing away, but Le'Veon Bell did not show up to training camp. That was the big distraction. The anthem controversy was national news. Antonio Brown throwing the Gatorade cooler was national news. Todd Haley and Ben Roethlisberger not getting along is big-time news. The passive-aggressive shots... Ben Roethlisberger ripping Antonio Brown and saying that Heath Miller was a much better teammate. All these things, they happened, and it's not ideal, but it didn't hurt the team. It didn't kill the team. I've never seen a team that is good enough to win a championship behave the way these Steelers have. But at this point, why would I bet against them? At this point, why would I say they're not going to do it? James Harrison's gone. Whoop-de-friggin'-doo, Basil. James Harrison's gone. The guy who played 40 snaps. That guy. He's gone. And you think that's going to fracture the team? It's not. Newsflash. 412-922-2874. As I was sitting in the hospital room yesterday waiting for my mother's gallbladder to be yanked out, I was reading all of the Marquise Pouncey comments. I was reading the Bud Dupree comments. And it really hit me. 
James Harrison's fake tough. There's real tough and there's fake tough. I'm neither of those things. I'm not tough at all. I'm a big baby. I've been in one fight my entire life. I threw one punch and it did not go well for me. I'm not tough. Mentally, nah, I'm still not tough. I got panic attacks all the time. Y'all know that. I'm not a tough guy. But I know tough guys. My dad's been through a lot. He's a tough guy. My grandfather's been through a lot. He's a tough guy. And the people who are the toughest never tell you that they're tough. The people who really have metal, the people who have the ability to persevere through difficult circumstances, they don't tell you about it. They just do it. That's not what James Harrison's done. James Harrison puts up videos of him pushing 1,400-pound sleds across Pittsburgh. Why? Because he wants you to think that he's tough. He's a jackass to the media. Why? Because he wants you to think that he's tough. He talks about participation trophies and how, oh, I'm not going to give my kids participation trophies because they didn't earn them. He wants to portray himself as this old-school, tough individual. He wears a sweat jacket to practice. He looks ridiculous, but he does it because, oh, I don't care if it's 90 degrees. I want to sweat. He wears weighted vests to practice. Why? I'm tough. I want to sweat. And he posts videos of himself throwing medicine balls and playing some sort of volleyball game with them. Why? Because he's tough. He's so tough. No, real toughness is the guy who doesn't have to tell you or show you. It's something that you can pick up. It's something that you can understand. James Harrison does all those things so that he's perceived as the tough guy. Debo, ugh, what a man. Lo and behold, we find out that tough man ain't so much of a man, is he? I can't believe I've only played 40 snaps this year. They told me I was going to play 25% of the snaps. Ah, poor baby James doesn't get what he wants. And now you're hearing from players in the locker room, and Bud Dupree said this last night, he was leaving the stadium when he found out that he was inactive. He hasn't been showing up to meetings. And when asked if he's been a role model, Bud Dupree laughed in the face of the reporter who asked the question. That's not tough. That's being a sissy. That's being a snowflake. I got a lot of flack on Twitter yesterday for saying James Harrison's the ultimate snowflake who pretends like he's tough, but his feelings are really hurt the whole time underneath. And people said, oh, bet you wouldn't say that to his face. I would not. Because, again, I'm not tough. But I know people who are, and I know when people are faking it. I know when people are stunting. You know what he's doing? He's stunting. He's faking it. And now he's gone, and everybody can say exactly what's been going on behind closed doors. Everybody can say what's been going on in the locker room. And we in the media had it all wrong this whole time. James is a great leader, not a vocal leader, but he leads by example. He'll take you under the wing. And sound like any of that's true. What a tough guy. He's a jerk to the media. He's now a jerk to his own teammates. And he wouldn't stick around for the games when he was inactive. Fake 
bleeping tough. Fake tough. That's all I'm James Harrison is. Fake tough. Having to show you how tough he is by pushing a sled. Having to show you how tough he is by wearing a sweatsuit. Having to show you how tough he is by throwing a medicine ball on a volleyball court. Fake tough means you're a loser. I'm a man! And maybe James Harrison was a great leader back in the day. Certainly know he was a great player back in the day. But real tough guys... Mm -mm. They don't have to show you. Real tough guys don't have to tell you. Real tough guys can just be tough, and you know it when you see it. 412-922-2874. Tweet me at underscore Adam Crowley. Coming up next, Will Graves from the Associated Press will join me. I want to know what these people, these people being the reporters, have dealt with for the last handful of years. How's James as a guy? Has he always been this big of a jerk? I always found him to be a jerk, but I never said anything. Now he's gone. You can kind of air the grievances, right? Will Graves, next Crowley Show. Well, I like now. it raw. Hey, dirty baby, I got your money. And then- Tomorrow at 5, I'm getting waxed at the Carson City Saloon. Come on by, watch me get waxed. It's going to be gross. Gonna be nasty. By the way, the Crowley Show is the official show on record for the James Harrison story. You wanna know how I know that? Because we were all over the NFL network the other day. They didn't ask Starkey or Muller, did they? Didn't ask Stan. Nope. Didn't ask Madden. They asked Crowley. Why? Because they're feeling the waves, baby. We riding that wave of momentum. Except I kind of screwed it up yesterday. Actually, it wasn't really my fault. It was my mom's fault. I had a gallbladder taken out. I'm going to put that on the poll, though. At underscore Adam Crowley. What organ is okay? Ah, I should phrase it differently. If I'm going to skip work, what organ has to be removed from a family member? Like, what's, what's the lowest organ that we're okay with? Because my wife was like, really, you skipped for gallbladder? My dad was like, really, you skipped for gallbladder? Brian, assistant program director, was like, really, you're going to skip for a gallbladder? She'll be fine. Heart surgery, you have to skip. Brain surgery, you have to skip. If they're removing a cancerous mass of any kind, then you got to skip. Bone marrow, I'd probably skip. That's pretty painful. All right, apparently I'm just going to skip. I was actually going to fake sick one day this week anyhow. So I didn't have to. 412-922-2874. We're having trouble locating Will. What a jackass. Will's never missed an appearance. There must be something dire happening. Although I think he's just in the Steelers locker room. 412-922-2874. We'll see if we can move Will back in the program. Got Jerry Dulac, who is the only writer to talk to James Harrison. He'll be on at 520. We got Tim Benz. Coming up at 620. The Patriots be playing mind games with the Pittsburgh Steelers. I was thinking long and hard, that's what she said, about why the Patriots would go about doing what they did. And 
It makes sense from a football playing standpoint. Their pass rush sucks and they can't stop the run. James Harrison, when he's been good, has stopped the run and he's been a very good pass rusher. So, makes sense. But James Harrison's nearly 40. James Harrison's only played that number of snaps this year. He's only played in five games. He's washed up. He's not the same guy. In fact, he's not good. So, beyond just the football aspect of things, I think Bill said, I want to bleep with the Steelers. I want to F with these guys. I want to make them think. I want to make them melt down. Now, we already went over in the first segment why the Steelers aren't going to melt down. They don't do that. When they have their issues, they have their issues, but they've also gotten past the issues. But Bill Belichick is a wizard. He's a Jedi. He likes to play mind games. He's passive-aggressive AF, man. And what he's doing here is he's taking a Steelers Hall of Famer, a Steelers Ring of Honor dude, eventually, and he's bringing him in in a time where the Steelers finally feel like they might actually get the New England Patriots. I think that Bill found out what we all found out when these teams met the first time. That the Steelers might just be better than New England. That the Steelers might just be the better team. They've got more talent, aside from that quarterback position, which is fairly important, I've been told. And Bill's thinking, okay, how can I get a little bit of an edge on these guys? Because the Steelers, they pushed the Patriots when they didn't have Antonio Brown, when they didn't have Joe Hayden, when they didn't have Vance McDonald, when they didn't have Marcus Gilbert. And Bill's got to be thinking, well, they're going to get a guy who should have been in the Pro Bowl the last couple of years back at right tackle. We're going to get a former All-Pro in Joe Hayden. You're going to get Antonio Brown, who could have been the league's MVP. What can we do? What can I do? Well, I'm going to go home and I'm going to be sinfully boring because that's what I do. But, but beyond that, I'm going to go I'm going to get James Harrison. I'm going to get Jimmy James. Big baby James. And I'm going to bring him in and it's just going to bleep with all of Pittsburgh. And that part has been true. Pittsburgh about burnt to the ground the other day when the signing happened. In fact, when James was released, my mom texted me between hospital visits and goes, Adam, are the Patriots going to get James Harrison? Are the Patriots going to get James Harrison? Please, God, no. Please, God, no. Like that scene from The Office. No! No, God, please. No! And then it happened, and really, I think I saw people jump off the Clemente Bridge. Just jumping on the ice at this point, probably not the smartest thing to do, but people were pissed. Harrison jerseys burning, authentic and otherwise. This didn't happen when James Harrison went to the Bengals. When James went to the Bengals, it was kind of like, eh, we don't like the Bengals, but whatever. They're going to misuse him, and the Steelers are trying to move on. No one would be paying him that money. Steelers fans got it. But with the Patriots comes a whole uh, another level of paranoia here in Pittsburgh, right? It totally changes the way people think. It makes people do crazy things. Just think about the way teams operate when they play the Patriots. Uh, for example, this last game against Buffalo, when the referees and the officials again helped New England, the Bills, instead of going or instead of kicking a field goal, pardon me, went for it on fourth down when they could have tied the score. You don't need to do that, but you do it because New England gets all up in your head. 
When you play New England, you do different things. You prepare differently. You try to pull out all the stops. You try to screw around a little bit. Smartly, but you try different things because they have an effect on you because there's the Jedi wizard magician, Bill Belichick. So he's got that effect on teams. Of course he's got that effect on fans. And this town about burnt down the other day. We'll get into this a little bit more coming up at 440. Will Graves now joins me from the Associated Press. Will, where the bleep have you been? Sorry, boss. Am I allowed to, like, visit my family without permission from the Crowley Show? Or do I need, like, apparently, are you, like, a Steelers fan? I need express written consent to go and find another another something else to do. Well, when you, say, when you say you're going to be on at 420, <laughs> Will, I assume that you're going to be here at high time, and you weren't. You're here at 427, and now I had, to, I had to start my topic for the next segment. You're really screwed with me here. Sorry, man. It's the aliens that we talked about last week. Maybe I was abducted. Okay, let me get this straight. Let me get this straight. Last week, I want to talk about aliens, and you're trying to distract (laughs) me by talking football. This week, I want to talk football. You're trying to talk aliens up in here. I want to. I want to give you credit for uh, you know hanging with the the NYT guy. That's good. Good job by you. Thank you. Yeah, journalism not dead to Adam Crowley. Will Graves joining (laughs) me from the Associated Press. So of course he gets journalism. Will. I don't want to ask you broadly your take on the James situation. I want to prod you and poke you in the direction that I want you to go. So let me ask you this. James Harrison, in your dealings with him, how how did he treat the media? How did he treat you? Um, The one thing I will say about James is James did not waste your time. When he had something to say, he said it. And when he didn't have something to say, he'd let you know, and his locker would become human shrapnel. As we as we scattered about when he let you know that he was done. And, I mean, I've, I've often tell this story. There was, uh, I want to say it was in 15 at the end of camp. My, yeah, I think it was 15. Um, they, they were back. They were on the south side already. Might have been right before the end of the preseason. And I was getting around to do my James Harrison story. Everybody was there. We're talking to somebody else. Might have been Martavis. Might have been, it was somebody on the other side of the locker room. And I go over to him, and I'm like, James, you got him, man. And he goes, you want to talk about me being a leader? And I said, yeah, I'm a sports writer. I like low-hanging fruit. And he just laughed, and he goes, yep, that sounds about right. And then we, he, you know, to be fair, we talked for 10 minutes, which for James is a lot. Oh, James my God. That's James like 10 separate interviews. James doesn't speak in cliches, and this was right after the participation trophy thing. He did with his kids or wherever he went on his little rant, and he was—I mean, like was now he was not touchy feely, he was not friendly, but he didn't. I never. A lot of guys talk and say nothing. James does not do that, and I have respect and I have a great appreciation for that. So, I mean, did it suck that? Yeah, he only spoke on Fridays, and now all of a sudden, everybody in the corner of that room, Vince Williams speaks on Fridays, Antonio Brown speaks on Fridays. I mean, does it sort of suck uh, from a? From a trying to get a job done standpoint, yeah, but... Oh, no one cares about you, Will. No one cares about you. They want to talk about James Harrison. Would you let me talk about James Harrison? Sure. Okay. So I'm okay. Like, he was was tough, but he was... But, you know, like I said, he didn't waste my time, and I always appreciated it. Do you feel like he had an act 
with the media where he tried to pers- per he he tried to make people think of him one way. He wanted to be perceived one way when in reality uh, maybe he's not that big bad bully. Uh, the way that he treated the media to me always kind of seemed like a little bit of a facade and now I really feel that way given that apparently he's been pouting for the entirety of the year. Um you know, I, I'll, I'll borrow a, a line, and I, I can't say all these words on the air, um, but I'll, I'll work around them. Uh, I think I was, this might have been last year when I was doing a story on James, and this was during the playoffs. I think it was after the KC game. And I was talking to Jarvis Jones, and Jarvis says, if you don't know Debo, you think he's an, M- he's an MFer, and you think he's a bad MFer, and then you, you think he's, or you think he's a slap male genitalia, you know, slang for male genitalia which was pretty funny and did not make it into my story, unfortunately. But he's, you know, I think, A, I think there's two things here. He's done enough from a everybody wanting to be like Debo. You know, I mean, he invited guys to come train with him, including Jarvis, including Sean Spence, including to come and train with him in Arizona. He showed these guys how to be a pro. Right, but then when things don't go his way, he didn't do that at all, it sounds like, according to Bud Dupree and some others. Uh, I think it doesn't. I think you know what. I, I think there's a difference between James Harrison and Martavis Bryant. I think James Harrison is a guy that's a fringe NFL can, uh, Hall of Fame candidate. He's he's sort of earned the right if he wants to to whine, and, and he's a competitive guy. I mean, the irony in all this is, is I mean, look, James. You know, somebody said over the summer in the league said over the summer, James can't run anymore. Said, hey, y'all get all worked up about his Instagram posts and. And him lifting all this stuff and doing world's strongest man, he can't run. He can't. And who are you going to have on the field? You know, I mean. But that being said, you know the chief, the, the, the athletes are often often the last to know that they can't play. Anymore. Oh, there's no doubt. My father and I were talking about that yesterday. That sometimes you think you can do something, but eventually it just ages <laughs> out of you, and that's reality. Right, but, but, but right. That's, but look, this is a guy who got cut how many times? Three, four times. Took him four, three, four years to get a foothold in the league. And then had one of the most dominant five-year stretches by any linebacker that we've seen since the merger. I mean, so – and how did he get there? He got there by not letting people tell him that he sucked or by not letting people keep him off the field. He found a way to get onto the field and be productive, and he hung in there. So he sort of – he has earned the right to, well, uh, to pout his way out of town if that's the way that it went. Well, do you see any justifiable reason that the team should have cut James Harrison? Uh, I, th- I, look, I'm going to, I'm going to, this is me speculating. All right. I won't stress this. Um, I think they thought nobody would pick him up and they could get him back if they need, if they needed him. I think that's what happened. I think that's fair. I think Jerry Dulac, when he wrote about it, it kind of gave me that feeling as well. And James was thinking, man, I'm not sitting around waiting for you. You guys haven't used me for the entire year. I'm not going to sit around, especially when the Patriots come calling. I don't blame James Harrison. I also don't blame the Steelers. I think no, it's 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 cruel. He deserved. I think he deserved better from a personnel standpoint, or just from a guy who's done a lot. For, but look, this is. I mean, they cut Heinz Ward. You know, like Heinz didn't retire. Okay, let's remember. They. I mean, this is the business that they have chosen, right? And this is sort of the the Patriots are notorious for this. You think of James plays on Sunday and can't do anything, that they're just going to cut him immediately? They might. Yeah. Oh. If they have an injury somewhere else, they absolutely will. Oh, dude, if he stinks, 
Well, they might keep him around for Kansas City and Eric Fisher, but if if he stinks, uh, they would pull the trigger. Uh, I got to run here, Will, because sorry, you were, dude, I, cause you were late as all hell. Sorry. That I'll get you next week. That didn't sound very sincere, William. It's good. I've been with my family for like three days. My sincerity level at Dean's just a little bit. Well, you should have wanted to escape, and this could have been a longer escape, and, and you ruined it. Goodbye. Happy New Year. See you. You too, buddy. Will Graves, Associated Press. Up next, do you see any justifiable reason for the team to have cut James Harrison? Because he did wind up with New England, and it's not like they couldn't have just kept doing the same thing. I actually do see a reason. I'll tell you what that is. 412-922-2874. And the difference between James and Martavis. Will kind of got it there. Alex Spann. It's the Crowley Show. I'm sorry. Do you see any justifiable reason the team should have cut James Harrison? 412-922-2874. I do. The Steelers already went through something similar with Martavis Bryant this year. But Martavis Bryant was always going to be key to the Steelers' season. Martavis Bryant, while he wanted to quit on the team and wanted to be released, just like James Harrison, actually had something left in the tank. So the Steelers said, we're going to sit your ass down, and then we'll see what happens after that. And what's happened is these last two weeks, he's been a big part of the reason of why the Steelers have been successful. James Harrison, he ain't in the plans. James Harrison's just a guy, a 39-year-old guy, who played 40 snaps this year. When that guy wants off the team, you're not rewarding him by letting him go. You're just stopping the headache. 412-922-2874. Steeler Jimmy in Chicago, first up on the Crowley Show. What's up, Steeler Jimmy? What's up, Adam Baum? You know, you know, this whole, everything about, you know, this whole Harrison thing, it, it's not like, oh, yeah, oh, we're scared now he's a Patriot, because we'll just throw screen passes and put the, and, 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 and run all the underneath crap on him when he's out there. He can't run anymore. What, what really pisses me off about everything is New England one-upped us again. And the same hour he got cut, I told my brother-in-law, New England's going to pick him up. Honest, honest to God, man, I knew it right away. Well, it's the it's Patriot nice. effect. It really yeah, is, man. We're so paranoid. Warfare. We're so mental paranoid. Warfare. It is. It. You know what? It is mental warfare. It's Cold War stuff, right? All this yeah. is is Belichick trying to get under the skin of the Steelers. I don't think that he thinks there's much left in the tank for James. Now, you want to you wanna kick the tires a little bit, but I think it's more about the mental side of things, too. I honestly think that O-line cannot wait to face him. I, I really do. I, I love Bell. I, I I honestly think they can't wait to go up against him because he chose to go to New England. If, yeah, it, was man, any he, other, if it was any other team, they would be like, oh, dude, he was awesome. We love him. But he, he did it to spite him. It's almost like, it's almost like the movie Grease when Rizzo went with Crater uh, Steeler, Steeler Joe. Uh, Steeler Jimmy. Steeler Jimmy. I'm 27 years old. You're going to talk to me about Grease? I don't want to talk about Grease. I mean, I've always been strangely attracted to John Travolta, but I don't want to talk about Greece, okay? There is mental warfare going on. That's why Bill Belichick brought him in. That's what it's all about, in my opinion. Also, I think you're right by saying the Steelers aren't going to be scared, and in particular the offensive line. You know where he'd line up? Across from Alejandro Villanueva. You think Alejandro Villanueva, the dude who served three tours, is going to be afraid of the fake, big, tough guy, James Harrison? I don't think so. 
I don't think he gets nervous at all if he has to go up against James. And I don't think there's a chance in hell that James makes a play that would lead the Patriots to win the AFC Championship game. Nope. It ain't happening. They're not scared. They shouldn't be. I will disagree with one of Steeler Jimmy's comments. When Steeler Jimmy said that the Patriots brought James Harrison in as only mental warfare. I think it's mostly about that. I think they do want to at least see what he can provide. I do think that they think, well, we don't have a very good front seven, so eh, let's figure it out. Maybe he could be an answer for a game or two. 412-922-2874. Tweet me at underscore Adam Crowley. Do you see any justifiable reason the team should have cut James Harrison? I do. And to me, it's not about New England. This is very telling to me. There's the New England effect that I've been talking about, but I don't think that's why the Steelers players are pissed. I think they're pissed because James was a terrible teammate this year. I think the team would have been angry had he gone to the Rams. I think the team would have been angry had he gone anywhere else because he was a jerk the entirety of the season. According to Jerry Dulac, who we'll have coming up at 5.20, this dude all season long has been asking to get cut. He asked in training camp. He could see how things were working out. He asked after the Browns game because he could see that the young guys were getting played. All season long, he's won it out. That's not a good look. I understand anybody wanting to play. Hell, you got 53 guys on your roster. If any of them, including the backups, doesn't want to play, they should be cut on the spot. You want players who want to play the game. You want players who want to help the team win. But James didn't go about it the right way. He was leaving games. He wasn't showing up to meetings. He wasn't being that mentor. Bro, you're a baby. You ain't tough. You're a powder. You're a snowflake. 412-922-2874. Tweet me at underscore Adam Kraut. That's why you cut him. Because when you've got somebody who's not going to help you being a cancer, they're expendable. I always tell this story. There was a bowl game. Bobby Bowden was coaching Florida State. And I think they were playing Florida. And both teams got into a brawl in New Orleans. And... All the players who were involved in the brawl got suspended by Bobby Bowden, save for one, the kicker, Sebastian Janikowski. And when he was asked about it, he said, have you seen him kick? There ain't the same rules for everyone. Martavis Bryant can help the team win. Martavis Bryant has helped the team win. James Harrison's just a guy. James Harrison is washed up. So when James Harrison is annoying all season long, when James Harrison isn't providing the veteran leadership that you have him there for, you can get rid of him. James Harrison's no different than Daniel McCullers in this situation. None. Not different. You can look at the legacy. You can look at everything that he's got. He's got a better resume, certainly. Arguably a Hall of Famer than Daniel McCullers. But what has he provided to this team? The same thing Dana McCullers has provided. Hell, James Harrison's got one sack on the season. The Steelers have 50. 5-0. 50. Ryan Shazier's number. 50. They don't need the guy. So I do think 
that it was justifiable for the Steelers to release him. He was being a cancer, and he hadn't been productive. Now, others will argue, why don't you just suspend him? And I can see your point, but you don't want him around the team at all, and you don't want that to be a further distraction. Not that distractions have crushed the Steelers all that much this year, but you don't want to add one on top of the other ones that you've already had. And keeping him around and having to answer questions about it, uh-uh, you don't want that. Is James going to be suspended for the next game? Is he going to be suspended for the next game? Is he going to be suspended for the next game? Now we all know he ain't going to be a Pittsburgh Steeler. That's it. That's the end of the distraction after this week. They'll get to Cleveland. They'll beat the snot out of them. And then they're on to the playoffs, and nobody's caring about James Harrison until the Patriots and the Steelers wind up playing, if, in fact, they do. Here's an interesting nugget. Our buddy Tim Benz, he'll join us today at 620. He tweeted out that Marcus Gilbert told him that Ben's not going to play. They're going to get a taste of Landry Jones, so we don't know what to expect from Cleveland. We'll have Landry in there. We won't have Ben. We won't have 84. We won't have Le'Veon Bell. So it sounds like Marcus Gilbert has given the Steelers plan up. I agree with the plan. We'll get into that later on in the show. Tim from Virginia, next up on the Crowley Show. What's up, Tim? Hey, Adam. Hey, I'm moving on from that James Harrison thing. I agree with you, especially uh, after it's come out. He's not been the guy that we thought he's been, which is a shame. Uh, he was a great player. But anyhow, I want to get on to a more important thing here now. Hear me out, okay? You know who you need to wax your chest. Who should wax my chest? It ain't Sally Wiggins. It ain't Charlie Batch. It's Wilson! Yes! Yes! That's what I'm talking about. I think Wilson would hurt me, though. Well, but your ratings would go through the roof. You gotta be kidding me. You gotta get Wilson, man. It's a Friday. Is it? Isn't Friday Wilson Day? Friday is Wilson Day. In in fact, now I'm going to see. I'm going to see if he's out there. Thanks for the call, Tim Wilson. If you're out there right now, 412-922-2874. We can make that happen. If you want to wax my chest, Wilson, in fact, we would love to make that happen. I might even buy you a beer. Actually, I feel like you should buy me a beer. That's pretty intimate. Waxing my chest. That is more important than the Harrison situation. He ain't kidding there. <laughs> I mean, that is pressing. That is a pressing issue there. 412-922-2874. Again, tweet me at underscore Adam Crowley. You know what I saw this weekend? No surprise. But the Santa Claus was on TV. And that movie pisses me off. I loved it when I was a kid. It's still a pretty good movie. But all these adults spouting that they don't believe in Santa. Oh, we don't believe in Santa. No way. Santa's fake. And Tim Allen's wife that divorces him looks at him like he's a crazy person. And in the second one, he's trying to get with that hot chick so she can become Mrs. Claus, which, by the way, sounds like the worst stay-at-home mom situation ever. You've got thousands upon thousands of elves running around. Awful situation. They're all looking at him like he's crazy. Which I get. They're all looking at him like, oh, my God, Santa Claus. Santa! Oh, my God, he doesn't believe. There's no Santa. Hey, divorcee. Hey, hot principal from movie number two. 
Where do you think your kids are getting GameCubes all these years? Like, you didn't put it under the tree, you dumbass. How do they not pick up on this? Like, their kid actually gets coal, right? Hey, Mark. Did you put coal under the tree? I'm sorry, Jackie. No, I didn't. Where'd it come from? Santa! There's not someone busted in the house to throw coal down? I mean, how dumb are these fictional people in a Santa Claus? Not to be critical. 412-922-2874 is the number. Tweet me at underscore Adam Crowley. Does this ruin James Harrison's legacy at all? I'll tell you why I think that it does. And it doesn't have anything to do with the Patriots. It's the Crowley Show.